doing something that makes you happy. I mean, yeah, me and like him that. both have had the standpoint of like, we don't have to get rich off this. We just don't want to go into work every day, you know, knowing that one day we're going to be dead and on our deathbed, we're not going to look back and be like, man, I wish I was still at that sales job. Right. right. Yeah. It's going to be, hey man, we we went for it and we made it happen. There's a certain level of passion involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you, you have to. Especially, especially running a small business, you have to have a passion about it, or else yeah. you're you're going belly up sooner than you think. Yeah, and I, I think to piggyback on that too. I mean, we both came from corporate backgrounds, and it's it's just we don't have to be rich on it. It's just making a living on it and mm-hmm. being happy at what we do. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. if we can come in not dreading getting up and being. Uh, should I call in sick today yeah. because I don't want to be there the more anxiety attacks about what am I doing with my life not having yeah. enough beer is a good problem yeah it <laughs> is stressful <laughs> it's still a problem but, but it, good it's, nonetheless it's a good problem you know and, and it'll get hopefully it'll get better as we grow so Good morning, everyone. This is Jared Bassett and Mark McCain. You are listening to Everyday Triumph. Triumph every day? What did we say it was? Triumph every, triumph every day. That's what we're changing we it to. We're, we're here at Alexandria Brewing Company. Uh, we're sitting with Andy. Andy Reynolds, right? Is that right. Correct? Yeah. So uh, we actually, this will be the first of hopefully many in a new kind of version of the podcast uh, where we are not necessarily just talking about fitness. We're talking about small business. We're talking about um customer service we're talking about I mean literally anything so um, kind of excited because a we're in a pretty much brand new brewing facility very nice, uh, very nice facility and uh, B where we'll be having the kegs and kilos meet um, later this year so twofold super excited to, to be here regardless but uh, thank you Andy for having yeah. us out hey thanks for coming yeah absolutely uh, we were talking a little <laughs> bit. Excuse me. You're fine. You're fine. Uh, we were talking a little bit before we jumped on here just about um, how you got started. Maybe just reiterate kind of a little bit of how uh, you started brewing. So, well, yeah, I kind of, excuse me. <coughs> I'm going to be doing this the whole time, so That's I apologize. Right. Um, so I kind of got my start into love of beer, if you want to say that, uh, back at the end of the 90s. Um, that first microbrewery revolution was coming about. Um, mm-hmm. Flying Dog, uh, Sam Adams, uh, Pete's Wicked, those were all coming about. I don't know if y'all remember that or I not. I don't. Um, but I kind of quit drinking, you know, the, the macros at that point. And um, my, uh, this girl that I was dating, just all the only thing that she drank was, was Bud Light. So mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, I'm switching to bourbon and from then on I drank bourbon for a while until I went to uh, until I went to Germany with the army um, I spent some time there and fell in love with in particular German Dunkels and uh, German Hefeweizen a little bit too but it was really the the Dunkel that kind of drew drove me into back into good beer um, and I drank a lot of it over there um, so then a couple years later I went to Iraq and we weren't allowed to drink so i started making my own cider um 
and went up to the PX, bought some. It's just 100% apple juice, and somebody had some yeast sent over to him. Mm-hmm. So we just fermented our own apple juice and turned it into hard cider. And I kind of figured out that if you took the cider and uh, and put it into another container, you clear it up a lot. Mm-hmm. And that's called racking, but I didn't know what at the time. Right, you know, I just was right. doing something to make it get rid of all the yeast that settled at the bottom. Uh-huh. And uh, next thing I knew, I was making a lot of apple juice or a lot of apple cider for people. Um, and, you know, I kind of loved doing it. So I came home, started, really got involved in the uh, craft brewing revolution um, that was going on. You know, my, my friend that was over there, the guy who had the yeast shipped to him, excuse me, <coughs> um, had, uh, had really talked about all these new beers that were coming out. Mm-hmm. Just kept saying, you know, you need to try this, you need to try this, you need to try this. So when I got home, I tried all these beers. Him and I uh, started brewing together. He kind of taught me how to homebrew using extract, and then mm-hmm. I just I fell in love with the process. So mm-hmm. that's how I got into brewing. What What does that process usually look like for um, to actually brew a beer? For you know, I'm, I'm not wildly familiar with it. I have an idea. Okay. Well, depending on what you do, like as a home brewer, you can start out with like an extract kit, is what they call it. So that's like a kind of like a syrup, or you can even use like a powder, which is like just our it's malt extract so <coughs> excuse me again i'm sorry yeah. um but what they do is they take um and they what we do in the brewing process back there it's a very similar thing they just reduce the malt all the way down to like a really thick syrup or then they they'll dehydrate it for the powder um so it takes a huge part of the brewing process out to make it easier for a home brewer um so you if you're doing that as the first timer, that's the best way to start out. Uh, you just add that to some water, boil it for an hour, add your hops, and you're good to go. Uh, sometimes you can just take a bag of grain, set it in there, and add some different flavors. So, but, you know, it's still just mainly boiling this beer. Uh, now, when you move it a little bit on in home brewing, um, you get into what they call all-grain brewing, which is what we do in the back um, as a professional brewery. Uh, biggest differences you know we're doing on a much bigger scale sure sure larger tubs right? <coughs> yeah well and there's there's more processes to it too i mean yeah. but you know it's it's at the end of the day it's the same result so you're taking grains you're crushing them up um and you're extracting the raw sugars from them so what you're doing is you're you're getting starches to convert to sugars by hitting certain temperature points with your grain then you're sitting there and you're leaving all the grain behind, all the husk behind, and just taking that water out that now they call it wort, um, which is all sugar. Mm. And that's what the yeast eats off of to kind of turn that, that wort into beer. Mm. How long does that process usually take? Depending on the beer, 10 days or so. 10 days. Um, the stronger the beer, the longer it usually takes. Right. Yeah. And then if you go with like a lager or a pilsner or something like that, it's a minimum of 30 days. Oh, wow. Gotcha. So how do you go from uh, a essentially a home brewer, I'm sure we'll skip, I don't want to skip too many steps, but there to here? Um, well, so it, it kind of consumed me a little bit. Uh, took over, we had a two-bedroom condo, uh, my wife and I did, and it took over one of the bedrooms. Um, and she said, you need to do this professionally because it's, <laughs> it's taken over. Um, so we filed for an LLC, and our plan was to do like a, a little small like right, almost running a home a home brewery in the back of a like a strip mall or something like yeah. that was, what, that was what, uh, what year plan. is that 
2011. Okay. Yeah, then I had some severe health issues. I got uh, diagnosed with chronic pancreatitis. Mm. Um, kind of related to my service. They still can't figure out exactly what's causing it. Um, my doctors all say it's probably related to some sort of exposure, but mm. I haven't, uh, you know, I've done genetic testing and everything like that. There's like this rare one or two percent of people that they'll never know what causes it, and mm-hmm. I fall in that category. Wow. <coughs> um, Sorry to hear that. It is what it is. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, it kind of put a hold on everything, though, and it, it actually gave me the opportunity to rethink what we were doing. Sure. I went to brewing school in Chicago, oh, wow. uh, Siebel Institute, and um, yeah, then I really learned how to do it professionally. Wow. And I didn't know there was a brewing school. Around. Yeah, I had no cool. idea. So, and then the, his has the idea of, so you kind of have this idea of, like, I want to maybe do this a little bit more professionally so how does have you had this place in mind like it, it was going to be alexander brewing company or is it just kind of fall into place well originally that was that was what my llc was when we started it was alexander brewing company um so you know when my wife and i formed the company in 2011 we're like you know alexander is probably the best place to go because a lot of these other places are i don't want to say oversaturated because that's not that's not the way I really feel about sure. any place in Cincinnati, but yeah. you know, we, we'd be up against a lot of competition. So I kind of feel like the smaller neighborhoods are a good place. And, and honestly, I looked at Milford and I looked at Alexandria. And what I liked, I'm from Milford, my wife's from Alexandria. Huh. And what I liked about Alexandria is, is it reminds me of how Milford was when I was a kid. Mm. So I said, well, it's a good market. It's kind of up and coming. But the people here are also fiercely loyal to right. their city. So coming in here would be a, a good choice for us. Um, so that's kind of why we did it in, in, uh, in 2011. I mean, we're just kind of like, my wife and I thought that this would be the, the best place for it. Then um, moving back to the business plan, when we got back into it, you know, this area had really started developing a lot. Yeah, it's growing fast. And um, then it then it really made logical choice. Yeah, well, there's there's definitely a correlation between you know what you guys do and what we do as far as having a community of people that want to back you. Yeah. Because without that community, you're you're really nothing. I mean, you have to you have to have people. A, you have to have a good product, which you know, we're sitting here having a beer, and it definitely is a good product. But um, you have to have a place that people want to be at. Right. You know, and, and giving them a place. To kind of call make their own, I guess, for their own community. So, and Brad, welcome, welcome. Hey. Yeah, thanks for uh, coming on over. Absolutely, uh, Brad. What what is your kind of role here is at Alexander Brewing? Uh, Chief Operating Officer, um, basically front end stuff, paying bills, uh, keeping track of employees, making sure everything's running smooth while he's brewing. So. Sure. And how do you uh, fall into the fold as far as Andy and where'd you guys meet? And um, he's I've just always known him. Yeah, like he's always been around. I guess he was more friends with my brother growing up. Uh, what, you're about three years older than me, four. Yeah, I think so. Three. So my older brother knew him first, and mm-hmm. we've just known each other since we were like little kids. So yeah, that's cool. Yeah. I mean, and to you know look down. I actually had a uh, conversation with a bunch of uh, old college roommates, and it's just funny how you kind of drift apart and then come back together in certain ways. And none, I'm sure neither of you could have guessed it. You'd be sitting here, you know, yeah. that many years later, uh, sitting in a brewery together. So, um, what are kind of the, I guess, for you guys, your your 
cornerstone that you build your business off of. So for us, like we, we are much more, I think, a customer service company than we are a fitness facility. Like we're right. we're there just taking care of our people rather than like we just look at them as as a, a transactional like membership. Right. So how do you guys kind of brand well, yourself, I guess, in that sense? I, I'd say that you know. Excuse me again. You. <coughs> So we put quality ahead of everything, and then I'd say we put our service next, right? Mm -hmm. So, and I, and I think when we talk about quality, we talk about the quality of the people we hire. Yeah. We talk about making sure that you know they're providing quality service to our customers. So, um, speaking of which, yeah, be right up. <laughs> yeah. So, got a couple customers coming in now, which is always good. So it kind of it kind of falls in that that line of making sure that you know we're, we're brewing right we're doing things right and um yeah yeah so no, i get it I, I think that's kind of what jared was saying you know there's uh when you you mentioned the word saturation that's one thing we deal with obviously in our business and sometimes it's hard to discern the, the quality of, of things until people really experience it yeah so you know that's one of our problems we have sometimes is just getting people to experience experience our product because there's stereotypes built around it, and you know we. Uh, one of our, our our things is CrossFit, and CrossFit has this negative connotation almost to where if I do it, I'm going to get hurt. But whenever people experience it, and it's almost like a beer or something, you know, like well, I don't know, I don't like IPAs. They have a stereotype about it, and right. then they try yours, and you're like, oh, that's like nothing I've ever had before. Um, and now all of a sudden, that maybe has changed their perspective, you know. So it's really just getting people to experience it. And then once they've experienced it, like you said, you know, you said quality and then you said service. The service has to be there too. Right. Because you can have the best beer in the world, but if you treat everyone like a, you know what, then they're probably not going to come back. And they're probably not going to tell their friends. And, well, they'll tell their friends, but they'll, they'll say, yeah, those guys up there are, you know, yeah. not, not, don't go there because they'll treat you. So I think it's important to have both. But you can't have one without the other, you know. So, yeah, and yeah. I and I agree with that. Yeah. And and also you mentioned experience, and I think that that's something we also try to build around sure. here is making sure everybody has a positive experience mm. when they come in the door. Um, that's why we have different events and things like sure, that. Sure. Yeah. We we want to focus on our customers' experience when they come here. Well, and, you're, you're and, and reaching out to the, the community surrounding you guys, right? I mean, because yeah. the more fun you can bring, and that's again the same kind of correlations. The more events you can have, the more you can make this into a community space than just a space where you are going to come and have a beer, right. the more successful everybody's going to be. Right. Um, on the, uh, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know, you guys can both speak to this for sure, but um, just out of, mainly out of curiosity, what are some of the big hurdles as far as opening up a brewery? Money. I'm sure there are many. <laughs> it's almost entirely money. I mean, there's just so much equipment involved and hmm. the, the upfront costs of it yeah. are astronomical yeah. and then once you get over that hurdle and he handled the rest basically which is knowledge and you know how to make the beer and make it good sure uh, how, how long of a process was that for you from like we hey we toured the space we're going to move here to we made our first beer um what we we leased this place in august yep. and uh we didn't we were originally supposed to get our equipment so i mean this is just part of that whole process i mean everything was supposed to be here in end of january beginning of february and we didn't get it all until march so wow. and then it then we had to have it all installed and 
you know, it was one problem after another once it got installed because, you know, we hire contractors that, mm-hmm. that... It's hard to keep them on time. Well, yeah. it's not just that, too. It's also yeah. they... It, it's equipment that they've never worked with. Sure. Uh, so enough. they've got to figure it out and then refigure it out and then refigure it out again. And I don't know. It, it, so, yeah, I don't think I brewed our first beer until the middle of March. Let me just say... Is that when I did it, or beginning of April? Yeah. Probably itching, itching no, yeah. to get at it, I'm sure. <laughs> Especially not to mention if you, you're paying for a building 24-7, you can't do anything with right, it. Right, You're You're just, I don't say you're bleeding money, but it's, you're not oh, no, definitely you're make, hemorrhaging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not exactly. just bleeding, you're hemorrhaging. <laughs> exactly. It's, I think that's just with the small business owners in general. I mean, it is, yeah. it's that, if you are not producing whatever you're producing, it is that much harder to kind of start back up again. I know that we're, they just switched the tax law on us. So July one. Oh yeah. I heard about that. Yeah. So you are, uh, they're including all sorts of things in that tax law. But again, it's just one of those kind of hurdles that we have to jump over that in order to be a small business owner, you have to get past it in order to be successful. Right. Right. Um, so is that, is that the state of Kentucky? Just out yeah, of curiosity. Kentucky, that, yeah. Uh, I, th- I think Ohio was already there. Yeah. And I this is, so and too. we're talking about gym memberships here, but it, it included things like veterinary uh, facilities, massage parlors, uh, yeah. spas, bowling alleys, bo- you know. bowling alleys, just randomly, you know. Um, so it's just, again, it's, it's a pain in the butt, but unfortunately it goes to the consumer, not necessarily us. Right. But, but they view it as, oh, our rates are going up. Right. Well, pay more for X product. That's why the quality has to be good, right? Well, that was something we had, uh, we actually had a debate about the sales tax, right? Like, do you care, do you pass it on to the consumer or do you build it into your your cost? Right, yeah. And at the end of the day, we passed it on to the consumer because even though it's easier to have a $5 beer and have everybody's just at $5, Mm -hmm. it makes us have a lot more change in the register and things like that too. Mm -hmm. Um, At the end of the day, you know, it's not just about profit and losses and things like that, but it's it's also about just making sure your accounting's clean. You know, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And if and if we're changing, you know, all of our beers run at different price points, and some we make more than others, and some we actually lose money on in order to. Mm-hmm. We have ones that we make a, a bigger profit on in order to make up sure. for those. Sure. Um. So. You know, that's part of the reason we we decided to do that. I mean, it just makes mm-hmm. more sense that way. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm curious. So our our world of what we do is very small, and it's even smaller in Cincinnati, North Kentucky. I'd imagine it's kind of the same with like craft beer. Is it is it a small world that everyone's pretty close? Is it like we're against you? Is it a family type atmosphere? For the most part, it's it's real family. Um, we're all friendly with each other. Again, for the most part, there's a couple of breweries that don't play nice with anybody um but you know who's that now yeah, no. <laughs> can you name names no no just 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 joking we, 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 we tease a little yeah. bit because it's it's kind of the same way in the in the gym business for, for, the most for whatever part, for whatever reason we have a lot of people i think mark puts it really well that they 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 feel like they've got the perfect hand and they're holding yeah. it here and we are the opposite in the sense that we are a very abundance mentality like we did the math I need 0.06% of the population of Florence. Yeah. That's it to be successful. You know, yeah. like that's all I need. And for whatever reason, it's like you talk to other gym owners and it's like, I, well, I can't tell you what I do. I'm like, well, 
you do it on social media. I know what you do. You know, it's yeah, like right. we, we are all in the same business. We're trying to help people. You're trying to serve a good beer. Um, <coughs> so anyways, back to your point. So everybody's somewhat, for the most part, friendly. Yeah, and really the way that we all, most craft breweries across the country look at it is we're all trying to defeat Goliath right now. For sure, yeah. Um, which is Anheuser-Busch or Miller, right? So until those guys are toppled, then it's, mm-hmm. it's hey, we're... We're all in this together, and then after that, I mean, they have such a huge chunk of the market yeah. that, you know, what do you, what do you do? You right. know, you you build this up. You all make sure you're making quality product. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're all on the same team because if you can take that part of the market away, I mean, mm-hmm. I think right now craft breweries make up a, it's, I think it's twelve to fourteen percent of the overall beer market. It's growing. I yeah, mean. It, it is, and it was growing a lot more, but then Budweiser bought up a lot of breweries. Yeah. So then it wound up, you know, we were on track to be at 20% by 2020, but then all these breweries got bought up and, and wound up not being craft anymore. So now it, it went from almost 16 to 17% now back down to mm-hmm. closer to 12 to 14. Um, but, you know, by the end of this year, I think there's going to be 7,000 across the United States. Mm-hmm. So you look at that number and you say, okay, well, if all these ones keep experiencing the level of growth that even just the small amount of growth that you know the the craft brewing industry is experiencing then that's all money out of Budweiser's pocket that's all money out of Miller's pocket what do you think is the big draw for like a like just a craft brewing tap room I, from a consumer standpoint <coughs> I, I definitely go in for something like the environment yeah you know like I, I go the the beer, yes, like there's some breweries that I'll go to because I like their beer, but there's definitely some that I go to because it, it, it's a comfortable place to hang out. Um, is that something that you had in mind or is that, you know, like you said, the quality's well, first. We, we knew we had to build up the experience yeah. too. I mean, especially in the area we chose to go into because honestly, this is old Milwaukee's best country. Yeah. You know, so to move those people from Old Milwaukee's Best to an IPA, that's that's a tough, right, sure, that's right. a tough move. You gotta drink less. You should right. be you should be happy. Right? Well, you gotta, <laughs> but but they don't. People don't look at it that way. Yeah. People still look at it like I need to drink six beers. This is what I drank of this. I should be sure. able to drink six beers of that. You know, and that's not the case. It's more about being in the experience. You know, and, mm-hmm. and that's what we tried to build on. And quality's got to be there too i mean what we we wanted is just really good beer and i'm hoping i'm hitting that i mean mm-hmm. our numbers say that i'm hitting that but yeah i don't know well, again I, i'm we're sitting here drinking one it is very very, very good. good beer. um and i'll say you know one thing too, <laughs> you guys did well is like we're going to include food yeah you know because that's one thing that i think you, you need to have you have a couple of beers you can get a little bit hungry especially yeah. barbecue and beer i think go hand in hand regardless yeah. um, and, and that's a separate entity than obviously your right. your abc um, brewing company um, are they are they renting from you yeah they okay. sublet from us yeah that's, yeah that's genius and again different avenues of revenue and that's always a good thing to have that's yeah. a great compliment because they're not obviously in direct competition you're you know you're right. you're supplying the beer they're supplying the food and one less thing you kind of got to worry about and it gives, like you said, it enhances that experience. Well, it's that philosophy of also sticking to what you know and mm-hmm. doing well. Right. right? Yes. So. Yep. Yep. And owning that. Yep. Yeah, you you guys aren't mate. You guys aren't in the back flipping burgers. We here to serve beer. We have a massage therapist, and that's something we know really little about, especially as, as far as like actually performing a massage. We know that it benefits us greatly. Right. Um, from, I rub uh, Mark's shoulders <laughs> from yeah. time to time, but it's, it's not really the good. same. Hey, he, uh, <laughs> he's very gentle. 
all right um but yeah so <laughs> so she you know sublets space from us and then we're even looking at adding uh yoga on which is essentially is, is already we've already done but we look at that um you know one of our goals and we have a mission statement and we have core values and, and stuff like that we try to really follow by and, and one of our biggest core values is customer first so we're always looking at our customer as all right what you know what do what does it take to be a one-stop shop so obviously you know with adding the food and you know i was just in uh, the restroom and you have on the wall like there's gonna be a comedy show and then you guys were open enough to which is awesome to have us here to do a weightlifting seminar you know um uh, weightlifting meet when i look at doing different things like that it it obviously attracts diversity yeah you know and there's so many times like you said oh that you can stereotype customers and you can have your target demographic but then beyond that you know you have people that might come for other reasons you know like fantasy football drafts yeah, like, the, or whatever the ultimate is. thing is is exposure right right uh, we, yeah 100%. we are we're having and it came to me because i'm with any business i'm getting yeah. married in august and we get you get all these gifts and i'm like like said to my fiance, I'm like, what are we gonna do with all this stuff? It's not yeah. nothing we have is broken, right? And she's like, well, you know, garage sale. And well, we have a seven thousand square foot facility, and we've got a probably a ten thousand square foot parking lot. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna have a garage sale, gym wide garage be a flea sale, market. flea market, basically, <laughs> yeah. where we're gonna say, hey, everyone from the gym, there's 150, 170 people that come to the gym, come sell your stuff. We'll put it out in the city of Florence. But the idea being is, we're we'll draw in people that have nothing to do with our gym. But the fact is that they may see it. And the next time that their niece or nephew says, Hey, I need a place to work out. We're going to be in the top of their mind. Yeah. I think that's when you have a comedy yeah. show or you have a weightlifting meet out here. Well, just, yeah. Go ahead. No, I was going to say the same way that you guys compete with the Goliath, you know, our Goliath in our industry is, you know, the planet fitness that has the million dollar marketing budget that can be on billboards and Super Bowl commercials and all these things. Um, where we are obviously small potatoes compared to that industry so getting our word out we have to be a little more creative um you know in our in our industry and just like jared said it's just really um getting as many touches on people as possible to to experience it but also just at least know where we're at <laughs> right in our in our city well yep. i think part of that is just knowing your market too sure and, and that's what that sure. goes to i mean yep. you know like a, would a garage sale work for Planet Fitness? And the answer there is absolutely not, you yeah. know? But for you guys, you know, you're part of Florence, you have your community mm-hmm. built up around you, and that's kind of, I mean, we do the running club, that's kind of the same thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, we've got that built up around us, you know what I mean? So, yeah. it's, it's a, it's it's a, a great idea. Thing, yeah, yeah, I feel yeah, like, yeah. does everyone just go run and then have a beer afterwards? For the most part, I mean, some mm-hmm. of them just run and leave, and that's, that's fine that's too. That's genius. You know, no, that's fantastic. Well, that's the same thing. Like, in the funny thing is, we, you know, we came to you guys and we did the same meet at Braxton last year, and it's a, like they're, it's almost talking to somebody and like finally seeing, the, like, the reason we do this is so that I don't have to worry about when I have a beer or two. You know, right. like, it's a, we work out a lot so that when it comes time to enjoy ourselves, like, I feel like I've earned that or I enjoy doing it. You know, it's not like I go home the other day like, oh, we shouldn't have gone out. Like, no, we deserve it. We, we earned that one today. Yeah. So, and they go very, very hand in hand. And many, again, the, the kind of cross streets that we've hit being that it's all based around community. People value quality over this big, vast Walmart kind of planet fitness experience, you know, 
even go back to the, like dodgeball. Yeah. Well, you know, the average shows yeah, versus yeah. the Globo gym. Yeah. Well, you know, again, you become this tribe mentality, right? So you form, you know, this this brewery now, and I'm sure you you've met some some people that want to come in regularly and so on and so forth, and you build those relationships. You know, again, at the the big kind of Goliath places, you're it's it's a transactional experience. So, um, so how's it been since? You know that first uh, beers brewed. Now you kind of got some products rolling out. Like what's 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 the uh, what's what's the latest on Alexander Brewing? Well, it's uh, I guess it's been insane. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I can't I can't keep caught up. That's great. Um, that's so busy is good. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's uh, that's a good thing. I mean, it's uh, when we moved, we saw a big jump in growth, mm-hmm. and it's one of those things that like you feel like it's never going to end. Drinking through a fire hose for a while. Yeah, yeah. But it's a it's a very good thing, you know. Um, and I think as small business owners, we we learn. Uh, even I feel like this summer was a great example of these ebbs and flows, mm-hmm. yeah. where it's like you see a dip and you see a rise, you see a dip, you see a rise. I'm sure with the the season change, um, you know, you'll see. Um, kind of more or less people depending on it's warm outside it's nice yeah. outside it's hot outside it's cold outside well they normally say that you know the summertime's the worst for bars mm. and if we're doing this one in the summer I, i'm worried about <laughs> the fall you know um because they say football is what brings people right. in and, yeah. and everything like that and um right now i, I mean our beers we, we've got five of our beers on we're about to be out of one so we'll get back to four um, is that just physically, like you physically ran, run out? Yeah, I, I can't. Also I a can't good problem. Keep up with production. And <laughs> we, we need another tank. And we thought, we thought, you know, our plan was, well, we'll have 12 beers on tap easy. Um, you know, it's going to take a while for us to build up a, a regular base or any kind of base out here. And no, it's just been. And again, I, I, it's funny because people are yearning for a place to be a part of. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They really are. You know, it's like... You, it's you don't feel like a bar fly if you go to a tap room that is cares about they're not just opening a beer and say hey here right, you go right. you know they you can physically talk to the guy who made it if you want to you yeah. know and i think that is a big difference maker for um again that, that kind of craft selection versus going to somewhere and grabbing a beer have you uh, modeled yourself after anyone else or is it all kind of just organically like you know this is i guess you know how did you catch your vision as far as like how you wanted it to look, feel, sound, smell? I think it's kind of a culmination of things. Yeah, sure. agree? Yeah, I think we have some influences here and there. But Call it reverse right engineering. Well, kind yeah. of where I'm coming from with that is like I know we tra- we travel and, and you know CrossFit is big now and there's you know 16,000 gyms all over the world and and um, usually when we drop into a place I won't even say like I own a gym you know and right. all this stuff because I don't want to feel like I'm treated differently. I want to feel the experience that they would just give anyone else. And, you know, in the 10, 20 gyms I've dropped into, you know, and eventually, like, some of them I'll get chatty with and I'll tell them, like, you know, actually, you know, I do own a gym or whatnot. Uh, and some I'll just kind of do a transactional experience. It's really up to them. Like, how, like, are you trying to get to know me or is this like, so anyway, um, we typically, and it's, we're actually being a little more intentional with getting out more and, and visiting different gyms to kind of pick up some of the good, the bad, and the ugly, right? So it's like, all right, what are we doing? You know, and, and one of the things they constantly say with, with gyms is like, how clean's your bathroom kind of thing? Yeah. You know, and it's it's uh, it's kind of that mentality, like what what's your first impression of, of our gym? And, and again, our first impression here is absolutely high, um, high quality oh, for sure. Oh, it's clean too. It's super clean, you know? So anyway, just maybe um, 
like I said, if you've been influenced, you know, obviously name specific names, but just how how you came up with this incredible space. Well, it was um, we I, I've been to a lot of breweries, sure. especially when I was in uh, when I was at Siebel in, in Chicago. Yeah, I mean, was, there's a lot of yeah. breweries there in general. Um, he's been to a lot of breweries, especially oh, yeah. around Cincinnati. Mm. Um, you know, anytime I travel, like I'm always seeing what breweries are around, kind of mm-hmm. the same way, and mm-hmm. and I want to know how I'm treated too, and sure. and what goes on. Now, unfortunately, I'm always wearing <laughs> anymore. I'm always wearing something. That has sure. my branding on it, so people walking always ask if I'm, yeah. if I'm associated with us. And, you know, my wife is always, yes, that's us. <laughs> so whether I want it to be or, or not, you know, I, I do not like kind of getting the spotlight for it, though. I, I, try, right, to, right, yeah. I try to just sit back and, mm-hmm. you know, around the city, a lot of people know who I am, so it doesn't matter mm-hmm. any brewery I go into. Oh, cool. Most of the time they're going to recognize yeah. me if it's, if it's a brewer. It's the beard. Or, yeah, I actually need to trim it. It's getting I, out of control. I, say, I feel like that's part of the motif for most brewmasters. I've, I've, I, I think it's just a time thing. I don't have time <laughs> yeah, to take care time. of it. Yeah. It's valid. <laughs> also uh, valid. But I don't know. Like, I just kind of looked at what a lot of people I felt as a consumer mm-hmm. were doing wrong and what mm-hmm. I thought they were doing right and, you know, what I liked about places and mm-hmm. what he liked about places. And sure. we just said, well, let's make sure we're incorporating this. My wife did a really good job of taking a ton of notes and just mm. saying, well, especially for our restrooms, she's like, we need this in our restroom, we need this in our restroom, we need this in our restrooms. And it was all about... Attention to detail is important. Yeah. Man, yeah. Really. Well, it's funny, too, because I, and I've told Mark this, I had a, a professor in college that, he was an animatronics company. Not, has nothing to do with what we do, but as a person who owns a small business, this isn't small, but... It's, he just said, steal from one, it's plagiarism, steal from many, it's called research. Yeah. So, and he's, he also owned a restaurant in the town I went to school at, and he said, I can walk in the restaurant, point to anything there, and I'll tell you where I stole the idea from. You know, and that's, when you look at, look at our, our, our space, I mean, it's basically the same thing. Well, we got that idea from this, right. this place, or that place, or this gym, or that gym, and it's just making it your own, but taking in those influences that, that you admired. Right. You know, um, so we came to you uh, two months ago, a month ago, two months ago, whenever I emailed you. I don't know. Yeah. What made you guys Tough say, one. yeah, to like having a, a random weightlifting meet? At- well, it's that whole experience thing. I mean, it, yeah. it's something that we think people would enjoy. Um, you know, it, it's different. Uh, you did, Braxton did it once, once yep. last year, but, you know, it's something not anybody else is really doing. So. Sure. Yeah. Um, and <coughs> sorry, I'm gonna keep doing it. Yeah. Right. Um, but I feel like I gotta apologize every time. Uh, I, no, it's consistent. Fine. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it, it's not just that too. It, it's you know we're kind of we're we're kind of we got the running club going up here. You know we kind of like the the whole idea of of having fitness around mm. craft beer, you know, it's a good idea. They kind of go hand in hand. So. Yeah. yeah, it's a, it's, I think it's a, it's a generational thing too. Like you've got people work hard, play hard type yeah. of thing. Yeah. You know, like if you're, if you're going to be at the bar, like, Hey, put the work in to make sure you can afford to be at the bar. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and that's, that's kind of our philosophy. You know, we do a lot of, of we're having a golf outing um, for the gym coming up. We're, we do red, well, 
We've tried to do baseball outings. Yeah, every time, every time we do a baseball outing for the gym, it rains, and we end up going bowling, which is right next door. But it's the same thing. I mean, yeah. you, you bring community around and um, try and get out of your, your norm. Um, and generally, that revolves around a little bit of beer. And mm-hmm. But knowing that, mm-hmm. like I said, you put in the work that week so you can enjoy yourself. Yeah. So what's uh, maybe what's – you don't have to go into, obviously, specifics, but maybe you can get Brad in um, a little bit on just uh, – you know, cliche question is like, what's your five-year plan, or, or you know, what's your what's your next? Um, is it just kind of just hey, we're we're are you guys we're, 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 still, we're just we're just grinding the axe, and what's uh, maybe the bigger uh, yeah. macro vision for this place? We have a few goals in mind. Um, I think number one, paying off a couple of debts we have. Sure. Um, to some of the people who helped us along the way, um, we we need to get some new equipment. Yeah. And I would say most importantly, our overall goal is to just keep growing um not making some mistakes that we saw some other breweries do where they decide to can before anybody even heard of them right um we're hoping to kind of build some hype and grow as that need keeps going and mm-hmm. you know hopefully eventually uh years down the road our system back there will be our pilot system and we'll mm-hmm. be brewing on something much much larger awesome with distribution and more people drinking our stuff that's great yeah, I, I think like an 18 month goal because you asked about when are we going to have our stuff in cans an 18 month goal is a bottling line for us mm. and that's just doing our, our big 22 ounce polymers yeah. um, mm. but that's not to that's not to say we won't go into cans it's just kind of something that we're going to sell in our tap room and then maybe we'll distribute those eventually mm-hmm. but it's it's not right now what works is the neighborhood brewery for us mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, if we grow, we grow. Mm-hmm. That's great. Mm-hmm. But it's all about having, being a draw for people. Our profit center is our is our tap room. Well, I think you get, you. It's a give and take, right? Yeah. Um, I think the big the easy example around us is Ryan Geist. Right. You know, it's like they. How much do you lose? By trying to branch out and become there, I mean, I I picked up a six pack of Truth out in Colorado, you know, wow. um, and and again they were a little specialty, but they were all the way out there. How much do you lose from the community aspect by trying to branch out, you know? And that's and that's we talk about that from time to time. It's like, mm-hmm. is it multiple locations? Is it one? Is this the one hub that we really focus on? Do you try and have multiple? Because it's really hard. The bigger you get, the harder it is to keep that family atmosphere. Mm-hmm. You know. And, and honestly, I'd be happy if you know we got big enough just to satisfy Greater Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. Um, if we get bigger than that, that's great too. Mm-hmm. But this this is still going to be our main area of focus right. is Alexandria, right. Kentucky. You know, um, and that's no matter how big we get. This is if we're not focusing on the community here, mm-hmm. we're we're doing ourselves a disservice. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, yeah. it, it all point. starts with the people surround you. Absolutely. Um, so, I'm curious about the the logo. Um, where did where did everything come from? All right. So, um, it was a graphic designer that we met. His name's Trevor Kincaid. We met him through uh, my wife and I met him through uh, this couple we know through Winter Warrior, um, and uh, they did. This couple started a, a nonprofit called uh, Deep Sea Valkyries, and we. We actually sponsored that with one of our beers. Um, so he did their logo and all their all their branding and everything like that for the for the uh, nonprofit. So he put us in contact with Trevor, 
and I'm gonna point up to it here, so I'm sorry. Oh uh, no, you're fine. I'm gonna get a. I'm gonna get it. It'll be on the screen, so I'll right. be able to see everything. Um, what uh, what we did is our original logo was just uh, I, I, something I did. I took a picture of my hand doing this. Sure. And uh, made it. You know, I got into Photoshop and made it all gnarly and everything like mm -hmm. that. And that was our logo for the longest time with a red background and a black, a red circle and a black circle. And what the black circle represented was a record. The red was just kind of on there. You know, it was like the label for the record and then mm -hmm. that was death metal. So I told him that that's where we started and that was our idea. And he took it and just said, okay, well, let me incorporate some things here. So what he did is he, first of all, put the outside as concertina wire. Um, I was a combat engineer in the Army. Mm. So that is a big thing that we dealt with in the Army was concertina wire. Um, probably like the bane of my existence <laughs> sometimes. Mm. But, you know, uh, the actual inner rings represent a record still. So we still have that in. It's just the rings of a record. Um, the hop at the bottom there, it's also on my shirt here is a guitar pick and with a hop in it oh. and the lightning bolts there are out of his army patch so he's a veteran too and mm. um that's yeah. cool it's it, i mean it's very interesting that it's always cool to see the kind of the the reasoning behind that <coughs> um so you mentioned like wounded warrior and being a veteran is that something yeah. you guys that you try and incorporate as much as possible no no i mean it's, I, that's I fine it's so the way i it, it comes up, you know, yeah. and, and I can't, it's part of me. But the way I look at it is that's also, Wounded Warrior is good because it's helped me out, and I'll, I'll support them 100%. I mean, they, they got me to the point where I can open this business up. Mm. Um, but when I talk about, like, me being a veteran or anything like that, I like that being in the background, if that sure. makes sense. Um, Humble. It, it's, it's just not, it's who I was, it's not who I am now, mm. does that make sense? And I don't want yeah. my business to be based about around my service. It, it shouldn't be. It should be based around the quality of our product. And yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah. take this in which uh, spirits intended. But some people do put that in the forefront. You know, veteran owned and yeah. things like that. And people almost piggybacking off the rhetoric of kind of where the country's at. Like, oh, yeah. well, they're veterans, so it must be good. Well, it's yeah. not necessarily true. The product is going to be good, or it's going to be bad. Right, and and I think that that would make people a little bit more biased to it if they said you know if you go to our website and you look at our story it's mentioned in our story there you know we had <coughs> I'm sorry you know Brad wrote up the story and, and you know I approved it and, and it is what it is you know I, I don't run from it I don't say that this isn't who we are but at the same time I don't want it to be the forefront of the business sure yeah that's cool what about the uh, the heavy metal side man what a yeah what kind well, of how's, the, how's the music fall into that um well, I grew up listening to just about everything. He grew up listening to metal and gangster rap, pretty much, yeah, right? A lot of hardcore stuff. I can uh, identify with some of that. Yeah, no, Did absolutely. You, um, I th every now and then, Mark will. What'd you put on the other day? Put on some Wu Tang in the, yeah, in the you gym. Know, a Wu -Tang <laughs> I mean, it was it was like going back to high school. Exactly. You gotta you gotta bring it back sometimes. <laughs> we we I keep also we like keep metal. it PG for like the classes, but whenever we're in there, it'll be yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We have Metal Monday up here. That's oh, awesome. Sweet. That's one thing we don't really go. I mean, we're family friendly, but we don't really. Most people don't even notice it, but we have the music on mm -hmm. in the background, and we don't go PG on that. And we don't care. Yeah, yeah, um, that's fair. And it's the one place that we don't really care either. Mm -hmm. You know, we, that's like there's no break there for us. Yeah. We 
no breaking. Yeah. So is it like a Metallica? We're talking like a yeah, we're going higher. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's good. Go. Clutch is who we we have the clutch channel on back there right now. Mm-hmm. Um, in okay. the back room, Metallica it. just came on. I dig it. Yeah. Um, what else? Yeah, we got the World Cup, obviously. I like it going a little harder. I like Carcass, yeah. At the Gates. Pig there Destroyer. We now we're talking. Pig Destroyer. Pig yeah. Destroyer. That's as hard as we that get. Sounds like, that sounds yeah. like some squat music. That sounds um, like the perfect uh, compilation to your uh, barbecue place right yeah. here, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're, they're pretty heavy. Um, death. I don't know. Who else do we listen to? I mean, we, we like yeah, the yeah. 90s stuff. Yeah, the you. 90s yeah. grunge. We have a lot of Pantera, that going on. You know? Yeah, we yeah. have Pantera, too. I mean, it's just all over the place, really. I like it. I think, well, it... It speaks like music is so personal. We so we do yeah. a question of the day, every day for class, and some are just silly. Like, what's your favorite color? You know, if, right. what what was today's? If you found a thousand dollars, what would you do with it? Right. You know, you can't like invest it. Yeah, and, and but some of them. I think one of the first ones I ever asked was, "What's your what would, what would your walkout song be if you were in the Reds?" You know, and it's like people. Yeah. Well, I don't know. And it's like because it's so personal to them. No one's going to judge you. Right. What would you want to walk out to <laughs> twenty five thousand people if you were up to yeah. bat? You know, mm-hmm. but I think it's hit me, baby, one more time. No. Oh, what? Yeah. Where did that come from? So yeah. yeah. Anyway, valid. <laughs> Maybe some Mariah Carey. I don't know. Yeah. Um. So we kind of went over like what's what's next for you guys. Um. What's the big focus like right now? Right here. Right now. Um. Making as much beer as we can. I mean, yeah. that's like I said. I can't. I can't keep up. We need another tank. That's what Brave was saying. Is yeah. that's that's our biggest concern is um, getting that tank in. So we've got a we've got some construction debt that that we got to pay off before we can afford that tank. And then it's buying that tank, and we need mm-hmm. it's a 15 barrel tank. We're a five barrel brew house, but we need a triple batch into it in order to be able to keep up with our production. Just out of curiosity, how much does the tank cost? A 15 barrel I can probably get for about 12. Mm, Twelve bucks. Oh. Yeah. Twelve thousand. <laughs> Twelve dollars. Oh, oh. I, wow. I can give you at least half of that. I wish. No, that's uh. Yeah. No, it's, I, that's, and like you, like Brad said, that's a that's a some serious overhead. That's yeah. one. Of, that's one of the things. Our as our industry evol- evolves and and so on and so forth, and you know we look at prices of equipment and and you know different things like that, and it's one thing to buy new barbells and so on and so forth, but when we look at buying a whole new pull up rig and these things are ten grand, you know something yeah. like that, it's bunch of welded steel yeah you know it's, silly. it's, it's, it's you know? obviously overpriced but it's such a hey look this is it is what it is like you gotta you're getting into thousand dollar barbells mm-hmm. that, yeah. that's what it comes down to too and that, that's there's a there's an industry out there that's so specialized that that's what it costs mm-hmm. and that's what mm-hmm. you've got to deal with and that's yeah. but they but they also know that you'll you'll buy it right because you yeah. have to where right. else are you gonna go so um we we used to ask at the end of every podcast um so again, this is you guys are the first one, and we're going to format this in a little bit different way. And it was, what's your definition of fitness? But I think the the new question should be, what is your definition of success? How did you start? Um, doing something that makes you happy. I mean, yeah, me and like him that. both have had the standpoint of like, we don't have to get rich off this. We just don't want to go into work every day, you know, knowing that one day we're going to be dead and on our deathbed we're not going to look back and be like man i wish i was still at that sales job right, right. Yeah. it's going to be hey man we we went for it and we made it happen there's a certain level of passion involved mm-hmm. yeah and then you you have to yeah. especially especially running a small business you have to have a passion about it or else yeah. you're, you're going belly up sooner than you think yeah and I, I think to piggyback on that too i mean we both came from corporate backgrounds and 
it's it's just we don't have to be rich on it it's just making a living on it and mm -hmm. being happy at what we do you know mm, yeah if we can come in not dreading getting up and being uh, should i call in sick today yeah. because i don't want to be there mm -hmm. the more anxiety attacks about what am i doing with my life not yeah. having enough beer is a good problem yeah it is <laughs> Stressful. <laughs> it's still a problem, but, but it, good it's, nonetheless. it's a good problem, you know, and, and it'll get, hopefully it'll get better as we grow, so. Well, uh, thank yeah. you so much for having us on today, guys, Absolutely. and for having us out and uh, yeah. supplying a beer, and uh, can't wait for October, did we say? I think yeah, October, October or something? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll figure the rest out then. Yeah. Uh, but uh, thank you all for listening to Triumph Every Day. That's what we're calling it now. Thanks all for listening to Triumph every day. Right. And uh, join us next week and uh, see you then. Thanks. Awesome. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you. guys.